You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper, practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff, and we have been in a new podcast series where we've been taking a look at the core values of Sunnybrook Church, diving a little bit deeper into our mission statement and really what makes it what it is, how the mission statement kind of comes off of the page and into ministry and exactly how we do ministry. And today we're going to talk about two of the core values that I would say as soon as they came off of the page were the ones that were maybe a little bit more difficult for people to see come to life. Yeah, and I think that's a good phrase that we ought to kind of let our listeners into. But we found that most people who go to church would agree with the statement, lost people matter to God. Mm-hmm. What they don't uh, you know, necessarily like is when it comes off the page, meaning just something I read and comes into their lives. So f- for instance, you know, when we transitioned to the church, there was a sense in which we put lost people ahead uh, of sort of meeting the needs of people that were already convinced that already knew Christ as their savior. And so when it comes off the page into people's lives, mm-hmm. that's when it became problematic. It's not that people disagreed with the statement. It was when they had to sacrifice in order to see that take place, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, so I'm excited to talk about these today because I feel like these are maybe the ones that are most tangible for people. They're the most obvious in how we do ministry and why we do ministry um, the way that we do. So we'll jump right into the first one. So uh, this is core value number two. Uh, You can find these core values on our website if you ever wanna look at them uh, for yourself on paper. But the second core value is this, that lost people matter to God and therefore ought to matter to the church. Yeah, and again, this was, you know, to just kind of give some background before we talk about it. We said, as leaders of the church, this is a stake we are driving in the ground and saying, in effect, from evermore, this church is going to be different because we're going to have a heart for the lost people in this community. In fact, if the transition some now 20 years ago was about anything, it was about that. Mm. It was about saying, and I've said this to you before, You know, the leaders came to me when I was at a different church and said, would you come and lead this church? And the one thing they were saying is, we're not seeing adult baptisms. We're not seeing people come to Christ. Wasn't that it wasn't a good church. It was a very good church. It was well known in the community, had a good reputation, but they just weren't seeing people come to Christ. So we said, listen, this is a stake we're going to drive in the ground from here on out that our heartbeat and anything that kind of gets in the way of this, mm-hmm. we're going to have to put on the back burner, but our heartbeat is going to be mm-hmm. uh, that we really care about the lost of this community. Yep. So give people some scripture for this, because this isn't about numbers and this isn't about getting as many people. This really is based in scripture. It is. And again, we certainly use the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. We could certainly use elsewhere. But the one that we really resonated with uh, is found uh, you know, in this whole idea of Luke chapter 15 and the parables, three parables, parable of the lost lamb, parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son. Um, And people don't recognize it, but those scriptures really describe not a prodigal son, not a lost lamb, not a lost coin. They actually represent the father. 
So it's saying, here's the heart of the father. The heart of the father is much like a son that's been lost. And the father kind of looks over the landscape, hoping the son is going to come home. Or the heart of the father is like a woman who has 10 coins. She loses one. So she turns the entire house upside down in order to find that one coin. Or it's like a shepherd who loses one sheep. He's got 99, but he leaves the 99 in order to find the one. So he said, listen, if that's the heart of the father, then you and I ought to have, as the church of Jesus Christ, the heart of the Father with regards to the law. So mm -hmm. we use Luke chapter 15 to say the heart of Sunnybrook needs to be much like the heart of God with regards to the law. So mm -hmm. we said, listen, we're going to have to leave the 99. <laughs> we'll have to go find the one. We're going to have to turn the house upside down in order to find the lost coin. And uh, we we'll kind of have that heart of the Father that's looking for his son to return home. So. Uh, that was really a scripture that drove us. And I would say this would be one that most often comes into, into the details of our planning is just this idea of always assume that there is someone in the room who has never been there before. Yeah. And so when we do things like tithing and we say the word tithing, we always try to teach a little bit to what tithing is and where we see it in scripture. When we sing the song Reckless Love, which talks about you leave the 99 for me, we always try to teach a little bit of what exactly that means because we never want someone to be sitting there thinking that they're on the outside of this holy huddle that they don't belong in or they don't understand. Yeah, and you could speak to this better than I can because you create and design all of the services together. But when we initially started, we said, listen, that's why our worship service has to change. Not because it's the coolest or the latest or the greatest. It's because we don't want anybody walking in here and we're reciting an Apostles' Creed and they go, I don't know the words mm -hmm. to that. Or we're reciting the Lord's Prayer and they go, I've never spoken the Lord's Prayer before. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want it to seem like it was this insider thing, but we took a look at how we did music. We took a look at the creative arts. We took a look at how we preach message and how much we were using multimedia in that and saying, What's going on in the world that people can relate to in order that we can do it in a little bit different fashion that would make sure lost people who would walk into the church would not feel left out or they were a part of a country club that they didn't get the secret handshake that was going on. So, so we wanted to, so we started that fashion and now you uh, have done a very good job of that on the creative arts team just saying, hey, we got to always give thought to lost people. And people don't recognize this, but when we l walk out on the stage and you just quoted it, mm -hmm. but I love it. There mm -hmm. on the wall, it just says, this is somebody's first Sunday. And it's yep. just a good reminder to all of us, whether we're leading in worship, whether preaching the word, mm -hmm. hey, there's somebody out there mm -hmm. that maybe for the very first time is giving church a chance, giving Jesus mm -hmm. a chance. So, mm -hmm. uh, that sort of motivates us. Yep. What I love about this one too is how much this has come off the page for so many um, of our incredible volunteers and people that consider this to be their church home. The way that they welcome anyone who walks through the doors, the way our greeters greet people, the way that people slide over for a family to come in. I just feel like this is just the heart of Jesus you see in people when they welcome that, new people in. Yeah, and as a pastor, and I don't remember if that was 10 years ago or when that was, but when I sensed that the people owned the vision and the, mm -hmm. the very thing you were talking about, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, oh man, now mm -hmm. we're accomplishing something for the cause of Christ because there was ownership in the body of Christ that this is our vision. Mm -hmm. The next core value really is kind of connected to this. It gets a little bit deeper, I guess you could say, into the thing that we just talked about. But the third core value is that the church should be culturally relevant. 
while remaining doctrinally pure. Will you just explain kind of what that means? Yeah, this is the one that got us into trouble. Yep. If there was a statement that got us into trouble, it was this one. Mm -hmm. uh, because the sense was, hey, in church you do church things. In the world you do world things. There was sort of this separation mm -hmm. of life where we feel as though all of life is integrated. What you do on Monday ought to be the same thing you do on Sunday. But I recognize when people are raised in the church, that was a difficult thing for them. So when we said culturally relevant, we, we, we kind of took a look. And this is, there was a lot of work and time and effort into this. But we asked ourselves this question, who is, and we used to say, Sunnybrook Sam and Sunnybrook Susan. Who is sort of the people we're trying to reach? Mm -hmm. Those who aren't going to church on Sunday morning, those who are reading the newspaper on Sunday morning, having breakfast, not giving God a thought. So who are they, this audience that we're trying to reach? And we took a look at demographics and all of those kinds of things. But we began to ask ourselves the question, well, what makes them tick? What kind of music do they listen to? What would capture their attention? And we just kind of said, listen, there's nothing wrong with organ music, but I don't think anybody's going around in their car <laughs> listening to organ music, so maybe that's not the best thing to do. And again, we talked about this a little bit already, but reciting creeds and confessions and those kind of things that people don't know probably excludes them. Mm -hmm. How we teach messages, the sort of the harnessing of, you know, at that point in time it was drama and multimedia and those kinds of things mm -hmm. is what people were used to in their everyday lives. So we said, how can we be relevant to culture, what's going on in the world? So harnessing and using those things to draw people in. But the second part of this was so critical, and I used to drill this home with people, while remaining doctrinally pure. Mm -hmm. We said, listen, we are not going to compromise one iota the teaching or the preaching of God's Word. We're not. We're not going to do anything non-biblical. We're going to hold and cling. In fact, if anything, we were coming more to sort of the truth and mm -hmm. kind of a conservative theological position with regards to scripture. But at the same time, you know, we were moving in, in more of a, what people would often say liberal. I always hated that word mm -hmm. when they'd say that. But methodology was becoming a little bit, yep. even though we were becoming more biblical. So, so we'd say, listen, we want to be as culturally relevant as we can. Craig Rochelle used to say, we want to do anything short of sin mm -hmm. to reach people with the gospel. I, I like that mm -hmm. statement. Listen, I, I want to be as relevant as we possibly can, but I'm not going to compromise the truth mm -hmm. of God's word uh, in one mm -hmm. uh, small way. We're going to cling to it, but at the same time, we're going to do it in a relevant mm -hmm. fashion. And although this seems like a modern idea, again, really based in scripture and how the disciples kind of urged people to go out. Very much so. Um, you know, the classic scripture that we use comes from the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul say, listen, to the Jew I became a Jew, to the Gentile I became a Gentile. I became all things, he eventually says, to all men in order, here was the reason, that I might lead some people to Jesus. So we said the same thing. Hey, listen, whatever is going on in this world, we want to identify with the world so that we might lead them to Jesus. And so we just said, hey, we got to change how we do things. we got to be more culturally relevant so that somehow we can lead people, we can meet them. You know, Paul was a missionary. You and I to this very day are missionaries to our culture. You have to study the culture and know what it is, what the language they speak, how they dress, what captures their attention, what does not. That's what Paul was doing. To the Jew, I became a Jew. To the Greek, I became a Jew. I, I tried to study their culture, figure out what reached them, because my ultimate goal mm -hmm. was to lead people to faith in Jesus. And we say the same thing. Yep. And it just looks different. I mean, I've heard it described, you know, Paul had letters. We have social media. I mean, the essence of what you're doing is the same. 
It's just done in whatever exactly. essence works in your culture. And that evolves. I mean, mm -hmm. that'll change in time. Yep. I, I always say to people, they go, how come you don't play organ music? I said, listen, I'd play the organ tomorrow if it mm -hmm. reached more people for Christ than what we're currently doing. Yep. I don't care what the method is. Mm -hmm. my, my ultimate goal is to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and grow them up. So whatever that changes to in the future, you know, we need to be ready for. And it's a delicate dance. And it I know is. it's one that you know, we've struggled with and we've maybe erred on one side or the other side. One thing that we've started to do in our creative planning meetings is just ask the question, um, does it help portray the message of the gospel or is it just cool? Yes. And there have been some ideas for Christmas or for Easter where we're like, this is awesome, but no, it's just cool. Yeah. It doesn't actually. So we've been trying to be more intentional even in that regard. Yeah. And that's a difficult dance, isn't it? Yeah. And I think you guys have sided well on those mm -hmm. issues, but mm -hmm. you're right. There's a lot of churches out there doing flashy stuff just to do them. And I, I think to ask that question, does it support the teaching and the preaching of the word? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're going to continue on in this. We have some more values to go. So make sure that you join us as we cover the next two next week. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.